Once again, it's time to investigate the stories which are interesting, but not big enough to justify their own show. It's time for another Potpourri episode. This time, the common theme is cold, ice, and frozen temperatures. These stories may seem unbelievable, but are true. As true as the Stark family's motto that winter is coming. With that, join me on the second Potpourri edition of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steaks such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code DAILY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond Bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by Fluent in Three Months. Have you ever wanted to learn a foreign language and do so quickly? My friend Benny Lewis over at Fluent in Three Months might be able to help. Benny has spent over a decade language learning around the world. His techniques have helped tens of thousands of people learn the languages they want to learn quickly through both his online courses and his language hacking guides. I've personally met Benny in many places all over the globe and have seen his language skills in action. He doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk when it comes to language learning. And I'm sure he'll be able to help you too. To sign up for his free Speak in a Week email course, just go to fluentin3months.com or click on the link in the show notes. The first story from the back of the proverbial freezer is that of Jean Hillard. Jean Hillard was a normal woman who lived in Langby, Minnesota, which is just over the border from Grand Forks, North Dakota. On December 20, 1980, a 19-year-old Jean was involved in a car crash at 1 a.m. in the morning. She didn't suffer any major injuries, but her car wouldn't function. She decided to walk two miles to her friend's house to use the telephone. The temperature that night in northern Minnesota 
drop down to minus 22 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 30 degrees Celsius. Approximately 15 feet from the door of her friend's house, Jean collapsed, falling unconscious from the cold. She was found at 7 a.m. the next morning. After spending six hours in the extreme cold, Jean was literally frozen solid. Her friend Wally Nelson, who discovered her, assumed she was dead. Wally drove her to a nearby hospital. The doctors there didn't believe she would survive. Her body temperature was so low initially that it couldn't be registered on the thermometers which are usually used to measure patients. Her body was so frozen solid that the hypodermic needles broke when they tried to give her an IV. Her skin was ashen and her eyes didn't respond to light. All the doctors felt they could do was to warm her up with heating pads. Eventually, they detected faint signs of life. She had a pulse of 12 beats per minute, and her body temperature was at 88 degrees Fahrenheit or 31 degrees Celsius. About three hours after being brought into the hospital, she began having convulsions. By noon, she was able to carry on a conversation. Jean was able to make a full recovery with only some skin damage due to frostbite. Given that it occurred in 1980, the locals called it the Miracle on Ice. Today, Jean is 59 years old and has a job at the local Walmart. My next story also deals with a frozen body, but the results weren't quite the same. On September 19, 1991, two German tourists, Helmut and Erika Simon, were visiting the Fienenspitze Peak in the Alps near the Italian-Austrian border. They went for a hike when they discovered a human body. They thought it was the body of a hiker, so they contacted the authorities. The local police came and tried to extract the body, but the lower half of the body was encased in ice. They came back the next day with larger tools and eventually extracted the corpse along with the items that was buried with it. It was clear this was not the body of a hiker who recently died in the mountains. At the office of the medical examiner in Innsbruck, Austria, an archaeologist named Conrad Spindler was brought in, and he pronounced that this was the body of a man who died approximately 4,000 years ago. The man was given the nickname of Atzi, from the Atzel Alps region where he was found. The discovery was remarkable because the body was largely intact. Archaeologists often find skeletons, but finding any actual flesh or organic matter is extremely rare. Atzi was basically mummified. What they learned from Atzi was eye-opening and would have been hard to learn from just skeletal remains. They learned that he stood 5 foot 3 inches or 160 centimeters. From pollen and isotopic analysis of his tooth enamel, they could tell he grew up around the modern-day village of Feldsthurn in the Italian Alps. In his stomach and intestines, they found that he recently ate ibex meat, dried fatty wild goat, and some bread made from eichhorn wheat. They found evidence of copper and arsenic in his hair, as well as an almost pure copper axe, which suggested he may have been involved in copper smelting. He was probably in his mid-40s and had some problems with his joints, as well as some clogged arteries. His cause of death was probably due to an arrowhead they found lodged into his left shoulder. He also had over 50 tattoos on his body. A DNA test found that he has relatives living in Italy today. His body is on display at the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology. My third story doesn't deal with a frozen body, but rather a frozen body part. According to legend in the 1920s, a Canadian bootlegger named Louis Lycan was transporting illegal booze into the United States. During one of his trips with his brother, they were caught in a blizzard and his foot fell through the ice, freezing his big toe solid. Fearing that gangrene might set in, they did what needed to be done and amputated the toe with a hatchet and some rum. They kept the toe preserved in alcohol. Louis later moved up to Dawson City, Yukon, and brought the toe with him. 
About 50 years later, in 1973, a Dawson City local named Captain Dick Stevenson found the toe preserved in a jar and took it down to the Sourdough Saloon at the Downtowner Hotel and began daring patrons to take a drink with the toe in it. Thus was born the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. To join the club, you simply have to have a drink with a severed human toe in it. As they say, drink it fast or drink it slow, your lips must touch the toe. Over the last 50 years, the original toe has been lost, and several other toes have been donated due to frostbite, diabetes, and lawnmower accidents. Over 100,000 people, to date, have joined the club. There has always been a $500 fine for anyone who might swallow the toe while taking a drink. On August 24, 2013, a man came into the saloon, ordered a sour toe cocktail, swallowed the toe, slapped down the $500 fine, and left the building. After this incident, the fine was increased to $2,500. I have personally had a sour toe cocktail on three different occasions. My final story to round out the Frozen Four has to do with low temperature itself. Few people have experienced truly extreme cold weather. I myself once experienced a negative 40-degree cold snap, and at that point, the temperature is exactly the same in Fahrenheit and in Celsius. However, negative 40 is nothing compared to some of the truly extreme temperatures on the planet. The coldest temperature ever in the Northern Hemisphere was on December 22, 1991, when temperatures in Greenland reached negative 93.3 Fahrenheit, or minus 61.6 Celsius. And that was nothing compared to a July 21, 1983 temperature recorded at the Russian Vostok Research Station in Antarctica. They recorded a temperature of minus 89.2 degrees Celsius or minus 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And that was a direct measurement by humans. A satellite measured a temperature of minus 93.2 degrees Celsius or minus 135.8 degrees Fahrenheit in 2010. To put this into perspective, that's about the same nighttime temperature as you'll find on Mars. At the American Edmondson Scott South Pole Station in Antarctica, they have what's known as the 300 Club. When the temperature dips down below 100 degrees Fahrenheit, or 73 degrees Celsius, they get into a sauna set at 200 degrees Fahrenheit, and then leave the sauna, run around the geographic South Pole naked with nothing on but boots and a gator over their mouth. The Russians have a metric 200 club where they wait for temperatures to reach minus 80 Celsius or minus 112 degrees Fahrenheit, and then they set their saunas to 120 degrees Celsius or 248 degrees Fahrenheit. The lowest temperature possible, of course, is absolute zero, but it is a temperature that is physically impossible to reach. However, scientists have come close. Very close. In 1999, a team of researchers managed to get a laboratory temperature of 100 picocalvins, which is 0.0000000001 degrees Kelvin above absolute zero. Executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is James Makala. Special thanks to everyone who supports the show over on Patreon. Please remember to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Even a simple review can really help the show get discovered in the sea of other podcasts that are out there.